This is Loretta speaking and this is our introductory episode where this lovely cabbage will get to speak to you about books and societies and well pretty much anything and everything honestly. If I see it fit, you will hear it. (laughs) So now this will not necessarily be a book review channel specifically as I'm more interested in the messages that we get from books and social injustices rather than the actual literature so I just wanted to get that just clear but in order to shoot past an unbearably long exposition let's jump straight in so I recently read or rather I reread a play called the Island by Ethel Fugard, John Carney, and Winston Jonner. So for anyone who might not really be familiar with those authors, they are playwrights who basically wrote and informed um, much of the protest plays that were written and performed during apartheid times in South Africa. So we won't get into the politics of that in this episode once again. I'm just trying to keep it short. <laughs> okay, that's The Island. Today's focus um, will be on symbolism, or rather like the symbolism that we find in this play. Well, I'm going to focus on one symbol, once again, to keep it short, and really related to the play, but also to the messages we can get from the play and that we can apply to contemporary times. So now I will preface this by admitting that a large portion of today's episode first and foremost, is from a critical response piece I wrote over a year ago. But honestly, I didn't know what else to start with that would also be short enough. And now I'm not too sure why I told you that. But hey, now you know. (laughs) It's a pleasure. All right, let's actually jump right in. So the island displays a very close view of the lives of two political prisoners in an island prison during the apartheid era in South Africa. So, like I said, it's not going to be a book review channel, but, like, obviously I have to give you a short synopsis of what's happening in the play or book or whatever literature it is that we're focusing on so that, you know, we can all be on the same page. So, yeah, we follow the lives of, or rather the characters of, John and Winston in the period of time while they're in jail and the unseen character of Hodoshe. So they're in jail, they're in Robben Island and honestly we're really given an explicit view of the mundane day-to-day lives of these characters and basically their socio-political environment and a whole lot more. So firstly if you can please please do yourself a favor of accessing and reading that play like it's very short and if you ever have the opportunity then you should definitely go check it out in theaters anyway the idea of an island in this text that you'd possibly be reading or this play that you're watching is not necessarily restricted to firstly just the title and also not just the geographical properties of the setting of this play so like it's set in robin island it's an island it's a prison there's a lot of islandry going on here but another type of island which i found interesting when you really do a deep analysis of the play is a psychic island or that is a mental like the mental state of the characters so 
John and Winston's psychic islands, or rather their minds, are colonized by the apartheid government rule, and their job is to, you know how Bob Marley said, emancipate yourself from mental slavery? Mm-hmm. That's their job. So I want to explain quickly what I mean by a psychic island. So our minds were all just like the society, we're all this one just structure, this one dynamic um, equilibrium that is meant to coexist together, essentially. But we're all made up of different parts. And like us as individuals, we're all made up of our minds, our consciousness, whatever you want to call it, your spirit, your soul. Honestly, we're not getting into that. But we're made up of whatever it is, our mind, right? And that's like an island, like no one else exists in your island except you. So if someone comes and colonizes your psychic island, when someone else comes and basically like invades your mind, i.e. takes over your thoughts and everything, then they're like not on their right territory, right? Like they're just like there, like you have to take yourself out of that state. And oftentimes it's not even like things that we're aware of. What I'm trying to say is no one can invade your island, right? Or no one is supposed to be able to invade your island. And yet, I'm here saying the apartheid government invaded their islands, invaded their minds. So exactly what do I mean about this? Or what do I mean by this, rather? So the colonizers discussed or... The apartheid government, in this case, does not force their way into the physical spaces that belong to others, okay? But they force themselves into the minds of their subjects. So, in the opening scene of the island, we hear John say, Black domination was chased by white domination. Black domination lost its shoes and collected a few bruises. Black domination will run barefoot in the quarry tomorrow. So we see here, when he gives like this little news bulletin or weather forecast or whatever, that John is reducing black domination to a helpless entity compared to white domination. So he now thinks very little of the revolution that his own people are leading. And that was brought about by the rules that are enforced in this place that he's in, the government, his socio-political status, just everything, just a culmination of everything coming together to just <clears throat> put themselves in there, really dominate, you know, really colonize his mind, take over his private island, essentially. Once again, this doesn't display him as a morally weak character, but it just shows how mentally damaged he is because of his current circumstances. So I remember I once had this long debate with a friend of mine about like nature versus nature. And I'm not going to get into that right now because that's still like a heated academic debate. But like, really, whether we want to admit to or not, a person's environment can really affect the way that they are, their psyche, the way that they think, their minds. Like you right now, like why are you listening to this podcast? Is it because you personally know Lagato, which I think is the most viable option for this podcast? But hey, whatever. Is it because you know me and you're just interested in what I'm going to say and you are here to be like, oh, I want to listen to my friend? Or are you here because you're like, mm, 
I want to hear her. Mm-hmm. I want to hear what she's going to say. I'm going to pick at everything she's going to say. Or are you here because someone else recommended this for you? And if someone else recommended this for you, you took the decision to actually click on it, right? So why? Why click on it? What, what will this benefit you with? Okay, why make that decision? What influenced you to make that decision? Like, do you now suddenly like podcasts? Have you always liked podcasts? When did you start liking podcasts? You know, things like that. Like, the environment you're in, it totally, totally plays, like, a role in the decisions you make, the things you do. It's sort of like little colonizers creeping into our little islands. But here we're looking at sort of like a, a bigger image of that. So, the apartheid government coming in were like the rulers of that time or Hodoshi as I'm about to like get into that he is basically just coming in and colonizing these people so as I just mentioned Hodoshi um is the unseen character so he's basically like their warden or father or whatever they called him and he represents the state and the oppression of black people so he is basically the colonizer to their minds so he never appears on stage yet the audience knows all about him and how he treats the inmates so it's because he's become like a permanent yet unwanted resident in their mind you know he serves the representation of the oppressive government whose laws are just permanently engraved in the minds of many black south africans so we know all about Hodoshi. They speak so much about Hodoshi, yet Hodoshi never comes on. Hodoshi never makes an appearance. He never has lines. But we know so much about him. Why? You know, I personally was born in 2000, yes, Gili 2000. <laughs> but I know so much about apartheid, right? And it's not necessarily just due to education. I mean, yes, I learned about it at school. But the harsh realities of it are still present, you know, today in families. That's what people discuss. Like, it's sort of like the atrocities of the past are just engraved and are just lingering in in the new South Africa. It's like, it's, what is South Africa without, you know, apartheid? Like, what is South Africa without the hardships we went through, you know? So, the South Africa I know, the South Africa you know, the world as we know it today is very heavily shaped by the past and like things of the past and yeah that's not the way we would like it to be but that is the way it is it genuinely is the way it is so i just really wanted to explore the idea of like a psychic island but like just to give a little side note quickly that the play is set in robin island okay which people during their past eight years apparently knew as the place where people went but never returned okay so like a place of fear and brutality that people like could only imagine but never see it's sort of like it's just this this dark just image of things that people knew about but could never see because those who saw it never came back to tell this tale you know so this creates a fearsome and dark backdrop for the play the characters themselves find themselves deeply immersed in a cruel world where black people are sourced the pinnacle of racial divisions in south africa so their minds mirror this okay where they have an us versus them mentality 
this is not necessarily only between the characters in Hodoshe or the characters on the stage, but also between their fellow inmates. They're constantly worrying about being excluded, judged, or ridiculed by the other inmates. And this is seen at some point in the play where they're practicing for a play that they're going to put on with their inmates, where John tries to motivate Winston to practice. And he says, and remember, Brur, those old men will make Hodoshe and his tricks look like a little boy. Okay, so this further isolates them. They're already isolated from their families, from political equality, from nature, from living a free life. Listen, and now they are isolated even from their fellow comrades. So any sense of camaraderie with others is broken down by their own thoughts. So their thoughts, their little islands, their minds, they have been infiltrated to really get to a point where they themselves don't see the value in uniting. And that sort of bothers me because, and this is sort of my rounding off point, I'm thinking about this, so when people get into arguments, it's usually over such fickle things. It's because there's just like a third party, a third force, a third whatever, society as a whole, society being Twitter, society being whatever, man, like whatever it is, something infiltrates their minds and just like, damages this bond that they have created now please don't get me wrong i'm not advocating for people to stay in horrible relationships no i'm a feminist of note okay (laughs) so that's not what i'm like advocating for but i'm just saying when things start to to really loosen up a bit it's usually because there's just like a third party really infiltrating your little island. The little island that you have now merged to have this unison, this love, this whatever, this relationship, friendship, mother-daughter friendship, siblingship, you know, anything, any kind of relationship you may have. There's a strong bond there. But then something comes and slowly trickles its way into y'all's minds. And then, you know, suddenly... You're just going off at the seams, slowly at first and then rapidly at some point. It's like any sense of unity, camaraderie is just broken down, you know. Anyway, this sounds very sad, like, oh my goodness, so what are we going to do? Change society? We're not going to change society, I was just saying. I was just pointing it out and I see it. Also, this is our intro episode. Come on, guys, cut me some slack. (laughs) What I'm just saying here is just always when you move, beware of society how it's impacting you how it's impacting your life how the society i find myself in is impacting me is i've become more socially aware and that's mainly because i'm doing like very social based courses in varsity so yeah i'm just seeing the way i'm moving the way i'm changing my own biases as i move you know things i appreciate things i don't so it'll just be like a little food for thought exercise where you just really think or confront your actions decisions whatever your next thing that you do really think about why is it that you chose to do that why is it that you chose to do it when you chose to do it you know like just ah just like I hope this is as interesting for you as it is for me because I'm losing my mind right now thinking about how everything affects everything else. Oh my goodness. Okay. Anyway, before this little island that is my mind explodes, I'm going to leave this here. So thank you so, so much for tuning in. Thank you so much for listening. Please stay safe and healthy, Patch Dolls. I will chat with you again in the next episode, which will be next week.